0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Morning Hoops Basketball Podcast. I am Anthony Deneu. You can find me on Twitter at Anthony Deneu. He is Kyle McEwen. You can find him on Twitter at NBA Raise the roof, Kyle. How are you doing tonight?
1: I'm good, Anthony. Thank you for hosting the show, brother.
0: Oh yeah, you bet. Uh, So we had a nine-game night and we got to uh, some other returns that we want to talk to before we get into some games. Kyle, we have um, three returning players, right? We got John Morant, we got Gordon Hayward with the Celtics, and then also uh, Malcolm Brogdon.
1: Yeah, you know, none of these guys really came back with uh, any restrictions, so that was good, Uh, although the Celtics gave the Cleveland Cavaliers a beatdown, 110 to 88, so Gordon Hayward didn't really need to play huge minutes, ended up getting 26 minutes of run, was very efficient in his return, which is awesome to see. He's coming back from a a broken hand. He comes back shooting well, so that's nice, 7 of 10 from the field, finished with 14 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, so, um, you know, Got put right back into the starting lineup. Marcus Smart was out for the team. Um, but this is this is the starting lineup for the, the Celtics when when Hayward is healthy anyways. The only reason Smart was even in the starting lineup was because Hayward was, was out. So uh we got the Walker, Brown, Tatum, Hayward, and then uh Daniel Thyce uh starting lineup. So yep, that's that's the way it is there. Uh from the John Moran, or is there anything from this game that that uh, stood out to you or
0: uh, this one pretty much went as we expected, right? I mean, yeah, Cle- uh, Cleveland gets beat pretty big in Boston.
1: Exactly, and it's just nice to see that Gordon Hayward looks like he didn't really miss a beat. One of the things that the Celtics pointed pointed out about Hayward is the fact that it, you know, it wasn't a lower body injury. He could he could continue to keep his conditioning up while his hand was. Uh, getting healed and rehabilitated. So it wasn't a a big deal bringing them back, feeling like they had to ease them back into action. They already had them going through plenty of uh, conditioning drills uh, in the interim. Looking at John Morant's return. This game is the the last one still going on right now. There's seven minutes left in the fourth quarter for the Grizzlies versus the Golden State Warriors, but Morant's been playing well, uh, getting good minutes, doesn't have any apparent restrictions in his return. So uh, it, it's good to see that the bruised back appears to be okay. And it, it doesn't seem as though it should be an issue going forward. <laughs> Watching Morant right now at that seven minute mark, he just went hard to the basket against Alec Burks, using his body to create contact to try to, and, and then using that to uh, create separation while, uh, making a, a great layup. So there's a, there's a lot to, to love about having John Morant back in uh healthy and playing, playing in games again.
0: Absolutely. The potential rookie of the year. And I uh, still, as of right now, he would be the guy if if the season ended today. So got to have the, the, some of the top young stars in the game today back in. And he's one of them.
1: Now the uh, LA Clippers and Indiana Pacers met up for the first game of the night. Uh, Kawhi Leonard was sitting out this game for rest after playing in Sunday's game for the Clippers. The Clippers won 110 to 99 over the Pacers. But the the big the big item here was the fact that Ma- Malcolm Brogdon was back in action after missing uh, a couple of games there. So he 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 was fine. 20 points, played 30 minutes, seven of 15 from the field, uh, just two steals, two assists. Um, the the two assists is the the weirdest thing about uh Malcolm Brogdon's Brogman situation there but uh other than that you know he was fine he was back in action and it pushed Aaron Holiday back to a uh ventral and it was just one game that that Brogdon missed so he wasn't even really you know out for long no no big deal there
0: uh Demonas Sabonis 18 points and 22 rebounds a career high for yeah, him yeah
1: unbelievable so, yep awesome awesome work there for uh Sabonis I'm sure he Uh, didn't really care for it though. Since it came in a loss, uh, he's, he's one of those cats who will, you know, he'll give the company line after the game, uh, good for the Clippers to be able to steal one on the road against a good Indiana Pacers team. Um, but you know, that's, uh, uh, especially not having Kawhi in the lineup for them, but
0: they, they did it. So
1: congrats to the Clippers. All right. What's next for us, brother?
0: Um, let's move on to the some of the CP3 controversy. So over the weekend, we talked a little bit last night about how he got a delay of game called against, was it Josh of the? It was Jordan
1: Temporals? Bell of the Minnesota Timberwolves.
0: It was Jordan Bell. Okay. Yep. So there was already a delay of game called, and coming into the game I think was Jordan Bell, and Chris Paul pointed out to the referees that Bell had his jersey untucked, and that was a delay of game. And so it was called and it was a technical guess,
1: foul. So there was a free throw shot that a lot that allowed the thunder to be more in the game than they were previously. And then, right. and then what
0: happened? Um, are we talking is this the game where, uh, uh and this was with Carl Anthony towns goes to the he, free throw and line he, and he, he meant to first, miss it. Didn't he
1: hit the first one? Right. Yeah. And then he meant to miss the second one ends up <laughs> and making it. It's yeah. a two point game now. And as soon as the ball goes through the hoop, Steven Adams run, grabs it, runs out of bounds, throws a touchdown pass up to Dennis Schroeder. Who's just streaking up the court. I mean, it was, it was awesome. It was Tom Brady to, to Randy Moss circa, you know, 10 years ago, uh, because I don't know any, um, uh, current NFL. It was, uh, <laughs> that Pat Mahomes dude to some yeah. other guy. Yeah. There you Anyways, go. Uh, it was amazing. It was one of the coolest plays I've ever seen in an NBA game, and it tied the game, sent it to overtime. So it was just a, a very funny situation because uh, people started calling Chris Paul a snitch on Twitter, and and it, it was just it was cool though. It was heady play. And uh, Anthony, you said it's something that you think that you would do, and, and when you said that, I was like, you're right. That is something that you would have been trying to. Uh, coax out of the refs in our you know mscr uh, you know city league uh, basketball teams
0: without a doubt you and i played uh, city league for for quite a few years together and even in softball too trying to get extra outs and appealing oh yeah you know going to third base all all sorts of stuff i'm always trying to get extra outs or whatever you can or another big one that i'll do is trying to take fouls for players who are more important than myself do you um? Oh yeah, you
1: always did that. Do you uh? So I guess your take on this situation with Chris Paul then is that it's it's not petty, it's not it's not um.
0: Uh, I don't like so- when Chris Paul flops and and you know things like that, or sometimes some of the calls he can draw. But this to me is He's kind a really of really good strategy. You. He is. Oh, you I are. am Yeah. Oh sure, that's fair. Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah, there's a reason um, you got
1: thrown to the floor one time.
0: Oh, my goodness. And set yeah. on fire.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not in a basketball court. That was that was in our apartment. When we were living together.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, we'll save that one for another time. Um, but this, to me, is strategic. So I viewed this Chris Paul thing as, as a positive. I, I liked it. I liked the cut of his jib. Okay. On this one. All right. Uh, well, but, then,
1: uh, so that happened on Saturday night. And then in Sunday night's game, the, the refereeing crew, actually called two delay of game penalties against the thunder early in the game and awarded a technical free throw shot to the the other team they were playing. And there was an auto audio clip of Chris Paul caught saying to the ref, uh, yeah, yeah, you made your point. You made your point. You're going to be on ESPN tonight. So what do you think about that? The idea that refs would have been, uh, felt like they, they were stood up or, um, Put a spotlight on in a negative way by Chris Paul, uh, maybe showing up and doing their job by him calling out Jordan Bell and saying, "Hey, this, that," and then and then coaxing them into making a call that maybe a lot of times the refs would just kind of eat the whistle on because it's like uh okay he's Jordan Bell was entering the game from behind during a free throw it was a there was there's no action going on he wasn't delaying the game but there are the, the technical rules of the nba that chris paul was taking advantage of um so so what do you think about the refs kind of going back at him like is that seems like a really weird situation to me
0: it's it seems very vindictive like they're out for vengeance a little bit trying to make their statement and stand up for for the other referees and i don't really like that i think there's other ways to to I mean, you, maybe you maybe you make a warning before the game to Chris Paul or both teams and the kind of the captains meeting and say something like, uh, you know, you kind of put us on the spot there, but we, you know, we have to do the same thing and, and enforce though you know, if you're going to call for it, you have to be ready for it too. So there's there's a few ways to look at it but overall I'm not a huge fan of what the referees did here and if the rule is bad and they don't like enforcing it then they should do on what's on whatever is in their power to change that rule then
1: yeah well I mean I think it's a it's just funny though because we even think back to uh, somebody was posting cl- different clips on Twitter of, Kyrie Irving playing on the Cleveland Cavaliers when he was banging in game winners during the the finals and his jersey was untalked. And it's just like, who cares if, 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 if players want to play disheveled, I don't really care. Most players aren't going to do it that way. If it, especially if it just happens during the course of a game too, like, I, I don't know. I guess you kind of do have to have the rule because you can't have everybody playing with their jersey out. Um, But it's whatever. I don't know that I care enough to really have too much of an argument against or against or for it. Because the thing is, if you don't like players having untucked jerseys, then make jerseys that, like, you know, show their midriff or something, and then it's
0: just like, you know. (laughs) Okay. All right. Speaking of revealing body parts and midriffs and whatever else, uh, Lizzo, Oh my god! The Lakers game last night had uh, one heck of an outfit that got Rikishi from WWF trending on Twitter.
1: So, um, can you describe this outfit uh, in a, um, uh, you know, not uh, 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 a risque way?
0: Yeah, it's similar to uh, buttless chaps.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: In but in a a dress, but, but in a romper type form. And you could just straight up see both butt cheeks. And uh, <laughs> uh, each, and if you aren't familiar with Lizzo, she's a, she's
1: a musical artist who's uh, uh, exceedingly voluptuous um, and talented. I love
0: the way. You, yeah, 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 baby, yeah, yeah.
1: No. no, I'm not one to listen to modern music. And, and one of my buddies who's uh, into all the jams. He, he got a hold of me one time, our, our buddy Ross, and he he's like, dude, I think you'd like Lizzo. She, she's she got like an old feel to her, but she's new music. You, you should check her out. So definitely, uh, definitely, definitely uh, good, good fun stuff.
0: I would argue that she has had the the best pop song, the best like top 40 pop song of this year. And I don't even know what it's called. And it's really just a simple piano beat that's over. That's like unlooped but it but it is a really good catchy pop song and i i very much enjoy it and she said some other good songs too uh good as hell i think is a is a fun song there's things to like about lizzo i i i I enjoy her i guess i'm not necessarily a fan but i don't there's a lot of (laughs) there's so much worse out there i think she's actually uh someone that i like is getting the attention
1: so not only did she wear this outfit to the game uh in, in like you know in public with like a, a large crowd there, but she's also a, a very public figure and she's got a gregarious, uh, personality. So she's going to shine out and, and they put her on the, the jumbotron and she turned around and started dancing with, uh, like almost a big chap bliss thong type. Uh, you know, it was like she was in a, in one of her own videos on the beach, essentially. Um, <laughs> so yeah uh it, it was quite a sight to behold and they they even showed some video of like kobe walking out with his family and i i don't know if that was a, a cleverly edited clip or if kobe yeah was... i
0: saw that too yeah. i saw that too i didn't know if that was someone just put that together and was being yeah. a funny guy which it was very funny but yeah, i don't know if kobe then they showed chris rock actually leaving. just this yeah. like
1: deadpan <laughs> face you're like chris yeah. rock is offended by something i was like <laughs> i was like Chris Rock is a fe- if you haven't seen c before the idea of Chris Rock being offended by something is crazy but um it's also a hilarious movie if you're you know prepubescent. pubescent uh, <laughs> uh
0: so overall are you for it? I think this is another thing that makes the uh... NBA better than the NFL. <laughs> Stuff like this.
1: Uh, Yeah, you know the other thing is, is Lizzo was on the the uh, getting interviewed by like the sideline person, and she was professing her love for Carl Anthony Towns, who was playing the Lakers. So. Then you got to see memes of Carl Anthony Towns and Lizzo together, which was another whole thing about being on Twitter that was just a lot of fun. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I like I like any and all um, weird stuff that's going to happen that's going to make the NBA have more fun stories like this, even if it might offend some people, and even if it might be, in a general way, kind of, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, like it's not appropriate.
0: This doesn't happen at an NFL game, right? Like, like this couldn't have happened. I don't at the, know. The There's LA a lot of Rams dudes
1: game. with their shirts off and painted, ah, uh, painted chair,
0: people in barrels so, and all yeah. sorts of stuff. That's fair. But I still, I just don't believe it, but pretty awesome. I wonder what that chair would sell for. Um, wow. Uh,
1: that's a really great question. I wonder what it smells like. Um, a uh, dude, I bet do when you're that, when you're that, like, Uh, well well regarded and whatnot I'm sure that you've got like full body perfume you know I'm sure it smells like uh, vanilla like a
0: botanical garden yeah
1: vanilla roses uh, you know whatever's your favorite flavor I'm sure it smells like that
0: morning mist
1: oh yeah absolutely
0: uh well, speaking of mornings, we appreciate you guys joining us on the Morning Hoops Basketball Podcast, checking us out either in podcast form or the live stream on Twitter and YouTube, Periscope, all that jazz. We appreciate you checking us out. Jump uh, in with the- comments and stuff, yo. Yeah, absolutely, please. Uh, anything you think about uh, – uh, what do you think about what we think or what uh, something you want us to talk about or any questions that you might have uh, – You know, you can get Kyle rolling on some fantasy if you'd you'd like. So there's a lot of options, and we want this to be as interactive as possible. So feel free to comment along and get yourself into the show. And I'll even throw the comments up onto the screen for you guys, too. Uh, But as we move along here... Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, Isaiah Thomas. It sounds like he's going to be out a little bit longer than anticipated.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, Sham Sharania released a, an article on The Athletic today that was going over a lot of the different teams and trade options that they might be looking at. Uh, and, and that then at the very end of the article, there was just a little blurb about the Washington Wizards that said, Isaiah Thomas is likely to be out for another week or more, according to sources. So he didn't bother to tweet it out, which maybe it's not like a rock solid thing. Or maybe it's just like he had so much intel coming in that he was like, I'm just going to put all this crap in an article because it's just, you know, I, maybe it'll get more traction or or maybe his boss is telling me he has to put a certain amount of stuff behind the paywall and not just up on Twitter.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, OK, should we move along to. The James Harden and the Rockets and some of that. Uh, well, first of all, I guess what's going on is, oh, the, um, the oh yeah, there was the, the, the
1: Rockets the contest
0: of their uh, of yeah, the game. For the game against the Spurs. And which yeah. is interesting because they actually play them, I believe, a week from today. We'll be talking about another Spurs Rockets game. So I'm excited about that. But the Rockets were denied their request.
1: Yep, and and this has to do with the 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 dunk that James Harden had, where he dunked it so viciously that it went through the hoop, caught got caught on the net, and went back through the hoop again. They ended up calling basket interference on him. Didn't give him the the bucket. There was a misappropriation of an understanding of how the challenge calls should have been applied from the refs. So the refs that uh, were. Uh, having to do with the whole situation in that game they've been punished in some regard i'm not sure exactly to what extent you'd punish those refs or really i mean it's a there's a severe breakdown of uh, of of several things here like if you can review whether or not somebody steps on the the three-point line and and it's a two-point play or a three-point play every single time we come back from from a, a commercial break why didn't I don't Secaucus or somebody just say, Hey, we need, you know, call up Secaucus and say, Hey, can you take a look at that bucket? See if James Harden actually scored a, a you know, a player go a play a go. And then they can just go on and continue the game and they can add it to the score. There's still plenty of time in that game. And that the is fourth how quarter. it should
0: go. That is exactly how it should go. There should be people watching each game, probably a crew of two to three people who can go in through at any time as, as, If there's enough time in a game to edit these things, basically.
1: How do you have three refs and a coach all sitting there with this situation? Now, granted, the the coach probably doesn't have the benefit of looking at replays, but like it just doesn't make sense. Like if there's a question for this and the fact that you can review these kind of things, like just do it, like get it right. Anyways, obviously it all blew up in, in, in hindsight, everything is 2020 and, you know, we, we can all you know feel justified in our frustrations over the situation. But, um, uh, anyways, it's, a uh, it's a frustrating situation. I don't know what the refs are, uh, how, how much punishment they're really going to be in. Um, and does, the reason it, does is go deeper than that. Th-
0: no, that wasn't, nothing was listed in any article that I saw either where, we actually got to see what the punishment is for the referees, which I think is kind of silly because we know how much a player, how many games they get suspended, how much pay they were fined or docked, whatever. Uh, but I mean, they, this could be probation. Who knows what kind of? I have no idea what this uh, potential. But
1: the the uh, issue the league is. essentially ruled that because the 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 Rockets still had plenty of time left in the fourth quarter to to overcome that, that two points that they, they didn't get it from that play that it wasn't worth going back and replaying the game, especially considering the game went to two overtimes and they ended up losing in those overtimes. So essentially the, the league was just like, it's, it would set too much of a, a, a bad precedent and there's not really a, a strong enough argument to say that that one bucket was the deciding factor in the game. They blew a f-
0: They won't, they were up by 14 I or 15. I think it was like 15. Yeah. They were up by 15 when that yeah. happened and There's, lost the game. This was, this isn't a lot. lot. Right? Murray was, or I'm sorry, no, Lonnie Walker just turned into an absolute nightmare for the Rockets from the end of the game in overtime. So,
1: I mean, it's horrible that a wide open dunk that was a highlight play dunk, um, wasn't counted as a bucket. It's one of the most egregious errors of not counting a, a basket ever. But <clears throat> if I'm it's, it's also, you know, there's turnovers that happen that are wrong. There's a lot of stuff that happens that are wrong. And like, I guess growing up in that, that era of, you know, even before the NFL had their challenge flags and stuff like that, I've never liked the challenges. I think it's all so stupid. The only time that it ever should have been applied it, it look it, challenges should be applied from a, a common sense thing where, like, if you absolutely need to stop play, stop play. But if you can review stuff, um, or if it's such a close play and it's such a monumental decision, like at the end of a, 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 a perfect game getting called for the Detroit Tigers 10 years ago, a ref call the guy safe at first base. And it was like the final out and it was wrong. And it was so obviously wrong that they ended up writing books about it and how the, this umpire and this pitcher had to like come to like understanding together and whatnot and all this kind of crap. Um, those plays should be reviewable because they're so monumental and they change like the history of the sport almost by saying like a perfect game or not a perfect game all because of one guy's like he, he just, he had like a brain fart. It was such the wrong call. So anyways, the, everything should be reviewable as necessary. But like giving coaches challenge flags and all this kind of stuff, for the most part, the game should play on.
0: All right. Well, speaking of playing on, should we talk about some of the other games we had going on tonight? One of the most exciting ones would have been uh, the Rockets and the Kings. The Kings coming off uh, playing last night. So the back end of of a. Uh, back-to-back, back, and they win both games. This was pretty incredible. I get to see the last minute of this. Basically, you had two clutch shots by each team, four all together, that just went back and forth for the final 50 seconds. Uh, Buddy Healed hit a big one to go. At first, it was Harden hitting a big three. Buddy Healed comes down to tie it. Westbrook comes back with a with a bucket on the other end that you thought would have gone to uh, to – Harden and then of course uh Nemanja two days in a row player of the game hits a huge three with one second to go in the game it was incredible and he had uh an even better post-game press uh, post-game interview we talked about yesterday how I thought he was he has bad body language that might be the case but today he might have won me over a little bit with his with his post-game interview I thought it was hilarious and he uh dropped a four letter bomb at the end that it was so casual but also out of the blue it was it was uh, very unexpected but entertaining nonetheless
1: yeah i believe he said funk funk it um we deserve this one so <laughs> oh, yeah. So and, and then he just kind of took his headphones off and walked away so, yeah it, yeah it was a walk off yeah it, that was really fun uh the 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 uh the russell westbrook dunk to put the houston rockets up to uh, with very little time left on the clock before the, the Kings ended up running that inbounds play to Nemanja, who just banged in the three with the with time expired. It's such a huge play. I mean, they were down two, so you think, okay, we might be running a play going towards the rack to try to get something there. Nope. They, they ran a three-point play for that ended up finding Nemanja Bialica open deep on a three-point bucket, and he just – He's got that, he's got that rainbow shot and he just sent it up and banged it in. And it was, it was beautiful to see, but that Westbrook, that Westbrook, uh, dunk to, 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 put the rockets up to initially. Um, he came away yelling from
0: that Westbrook did game
1: over game over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. It was, yeah. it was an incredible dunk, but. Uh, and the came back and got him. And this is kind of the old adage in the NBA. This is it's it seems like it's been this way forever. But when yeah. you're down by two and you're on the road, you go for the three and go for the win. If you're at home and on the road down by two, you go for the two and go for overtime. So you kind of, you know, attack the basket, maybe get free throws, but you play for overtime on the road. They say you just go for it. You go for the kill, especially on the back end of a back to back.
1: I love seeing these short rotations too. Just seven guys used for the Rockets for the most part. Chris Clemens was in the rotation, but just four minutes. So he's the eighth guy. Uh, and then eight guys for the Sacramento Kings. Now both these teams had guys out for injury, but like Dwayne Dedmon wasn't even in the rotation. They just left him out. Um, I, one of the reasons why I like seeing these shorter rotations is because you get to see guys make mistakes, get into personal battles with other players, um, come back and make up for the mistakes that they've made. It just it builds more of a narrative throughout the game to have the same guys out there. Um, Kind of having wins and losses throughout the course of the game as it ebbs and flows.
0: So, um, I'm a big fan of the
1: shorter rota- shorter rotations.
0: Yeah. So I'm I've put up the uh, your box score of this one, and we see that eight players for each team. Is that ideal for you for watching a game and a close game? I I like this a lot. This is kind of my preferred for college too. Uh, either eight, maybe a nine guy rotation. It's just it makes just it feels more like fun. the playoffs. It, it does. Yeah. Yeah. That, there you short, that, yeah. Short. Yeah. Oh, that's fair.
1: Yep, the guys that matter are playing. We're not exactly. wasting minutes on Marco Bellinelli. So
0: <laughs> Very good. Um any other big games on Monday night? We had nine games altogether. You had the Bucks win handily. Um, Jonathan Isaac had three blocks in the first 3 minutes. He had he looked pretty pretty da- uh, darn good, but Follow trouble is going to be his bugaboo.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you're going after blocks, and he had five blocks, I believe that that was just one off his season high of six. So, yeah, th- that's what it is. Plus, Jonathan Isaac, I'm gonna guess he was getting some minutes matched up against Giannis Compo, right? So,
0: yep, yep. Aaron Gordon and Isaac really kind of split the duties. Uh, against Giannis tonight.
1: So you're going to you're going to get fouls. <laughs> so uh, that's right. just going to happen against Giannis. Um I God, guess what did you an- see in this game? This was one that that you watched. I I, I you're looking at the box score, I see Mark Foltz had uh he tied his season high with nine assists. So so I like seeing that. I, I do also notice he struggled from the field 4 of 14, but 5 of 6 from the free throw line is nice. So I guess did, did Mark Elfolts show anything or did he just kind of exist out there?
0: he blended in pretty well. I mean, I've he's I've always I'm rooting for him. We talked about this. He's a good story. Uh, his shot was not on tonight. It was funny, though. He was solid from the free throw line, but he sort of blended in. I thought that Isaac and, and Aaron Gordon really were the stories. I know Fournier really what a couple of 30 point games last week and then gets 26. Uh, he looked pretty good tonight, four of eight from three-point land. But Fultz had a pretty ugly uh, elbow jumper, air ball. That it was like, oh man, I hope this isn't you know more of that to come. But it's it's one one okay game, or you know, there isn't much to to take away from this one. on, on Fultz, you're playing against the top team, it' was just been an absolute juggernaut in the East. And uh, like you said, he did have nine assists, so really solid, but nothing. Nothing too much to take home for him. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah,
1: I don't think there's anything else to really look at from this this game. Uh, the Bucks won, and I think uh, we would have expected that to happen, especially with Vucevic still being out for the Magic. It uh, just makes it much harder for them to compete with the Milwaukee Bucks depth. Um, Another game that had a kind of, uh, well, a very exciting finish was the Detroit Pistons versus the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pistons pulled off the win here, 105 to 103. And Derek Rose was the story of the game here. Played 28 minutes off the bench, off the bench. That's pretty typical for him. Uh, But he scored 17 points in the fourth quarter, including the winning bucket uh, as time expired. So just a Great work there, from uh, from Derek Rose. Well done, brother. And he That's, had a speaking uh, of
0: swearing in yeah the he cursed as press well. conference. Yeah, he <laughs> said, "Pardon my," I think he said, "Pardon my English," but I was born to do this ish.
1: Yes, and ish means poop.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not so. ish Smith.
1: Well, it does too.
0: <laughs> he is also poop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just hating, just hating ish. All right, brother. Um, not too much else to, to really look at from this game. I mean, there are some things of note from the, the Pelican side of things. They've been sick of struggling with their, uh, their start to games, their defense with Lonzo Ball, so they brought him off the bench. And Ball still played 30 minutes here, had a decent game, 6.7 rebounds, 4 assists, but... That's a, a little bit weird that the the Pelicans are already kind of feeling like Lonzo Ball doesn't necessarily fit with some of their other guys. Um, we saw them start Drew Holiday at point guard, JJ Redick at shooting guards st- stuck in there. Uh, Brandon Ingram shifted down to small forward. They had Kenrich Williams back in at starting power forward. <coughs> and then Jaleel Okafor got to start at center to help match up with the size of Andre Drummond pushing Jackson Hayes to the bench. Derek favors did rejoin the team on Monday, but he wasn't ready to play for this game or rather they just decided to give him another night off. Anything that Uh, you uh,
0: saw from this game or would like to mention on comment on uh, in, uh, Brandon Ingram 31 points in 37 minutes and something you've talked about the last few weeks about who is going to be out of the lineup once Zion comes back we saw that even now before Zion comes back that Alonzo uh, Ball ends up getting the, the short straw and once again Jackson Hayes back to the bench which yeah you hate to see that but against Drummond that makes the most sense
1: yeah yeah I, I think that was matchup dependent uh having Oak Four in there uh, over Jackson Hayes, they played like the same amount of minutes, 21 for Jackson Hayes off the bench, 22 for Oak four as the starter. Um, I do think the Lonzo ball thing is, is very interesting. Um, ultimately when, when this season opened, I thought Brandon Ingram was going to be like the sixth man for this team. And it'll be interesting to see how things play out in the, in the long run. Um, but Looking at just looking at how things have been so far this season, and and how important I think JJ Redick is to have a shooter out there for for the other guys, I do think that Lonzo Ball is going to be coming off the bench most of this season if if the team's healthy. Um, and I did kind of pat myself on the back when he got thrown to the bench tonight because. It felt like something I've been writing about that on Basketball Monster as well as being <laughs> something to watch. So when it can't, you know, it's hey, when, when your job is trying to predict what the heck's going to happen and then it, something kind of plays out the way you thought it would, it, it feels good. You know, anyways, absolutely. Um, all right. So that's about it
0: for this game. Should we move on? Yeah. Any other ones that are uh, sticking out to you? Uh, not necessarily. I feel like we can probably preview what we got going on Tuesday well, night.
1: I mean, I guess to, to just kind of wrap up the, 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 the games of the night, the Toronto Raptors beat the Chicago Bulls, 93 to 92. Uh, Fred Van Vleet was out for the Toronto Raptors. So we saw Norm Powell start at shooting guard next to Kyle Lowry in the backcourt. OG Ananobi had another night with big minutes and good defensive stats. So that's nice to see, uh, another kind of rough shooting night for Pascal Siakam, but He continues to be good at his job, so not much worry in that regard. Uh, from the Bulls side of things, Wendell Carter Jr. fouled out in just 25 minutes. Lowry Markinen, who had had a few good games shooting the ball, had a little bit of a struggle here, 5 of 14 from the field, but still pulled down eight rebounds, played 33 minutes. So that's nice to see. Chris Dunn continued to start at small forward, but was limited by foul trouble, picked up five fouls in just 15 minutes, struggled with his shot, one of eight from the field. Tomas Saderanski played 38 minutes. He had struggled in the previous game, so it's nice to see him have a bounce back. And and the situation here with the the Bulls is, is they were playing well. They were uh, they were in this game, and then they just let it get away from them near the end. The the, the Toronto Raptors were kind of letting the the Bulls stick around, and then put their foot on the gas uh, late to kind of to seal it up.
0: Yeah, this was really close throughout. Um I didn't get to see really any of this game, but just seeing the score go by as I was watching some of the other games, it looked like it was close throughout the throughout the game and Raptors able to able to pull it out.
1: Uh Phoenix versus the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Phoenix Suns won 125 to 109. Uh this was kind of a blowout. It, the the Suns were up most of the game. Ricky Rubio continued his barrage of assists with 14 uh, we saw Kelly Oubre score 24 points. Devin Booker scored 26. Dario Saric scored 20. So three scores uh, from the starting lineup, all in the all 20 points or more. That's really nice to see. From the Suns, uh, Michael Bridges had a good game off the bench with three steals, two blocks, four assists, eight rebounds, just a nice all-across-the-board line. Doesn't necessarily score in bunches, just nine points there, though, for Michael Bridges in his 32 minutes off the bench. From the Minnesota Timberwolves side of things, Andrew Wiggins was questionable coming into the game but was able to play and play a lot of minutes, 37, 23 points, four rebounds, four assists, two blocks for him, Always nice to see Wiggins contributing in the defensive stats. That's something that he really lacked earlier in his career. Uh, 15 rebounds for Ken, uh, Carl Anthony Towns. 33 points, just two assists in this one. And there was a, a funny little clip of him on Twitter that everybody was passing around, where Jeff Teague's out on the out on the wing, dribbling the ball, and Carl Anthony Towns starts clapping at him, being like, "Passing the ball, passing the ball," and then Teague just. dribbles into the paint to, to take a shot and Towns is sitting there holding his arms up. Like, I mean, it was a a total meme in, you know, uh,
0: in real life or or live action. So it was funny to kind of watch it all develop. Did you see that one? I did see that. I knew exactly what you're talking about. Um, And then there was another play where uh, in the, in the second half where he got the ball in the corner and could have taken a three and, Decided to pass the ball and got the shot clock uh, violation. So Jeff Teague did. No, it was it was Carl Anthony Towns. Towns? Oh, that's yeah. It was it was yeah. It was weird.
1: Uh, Jarrett Culver, who's been in the starting lineup, he had just 15 minutes in this game, so that's a little bit of a disappointment. Want to continue to see development from the uh, from the young kid, but he got into foul trouble. Five fouls in his 15 minutes, so it is what it is. Uh, closing out the rest of the games from the night, the Oklahoma City Thunder defeated the Utah Jazz 104-90. to uh, A good game from Steven Adams after he had a, 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 a dud in the previous one. 11 points, 13 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 blocks for Adams. Terrence Ferguson was out again um, as well as, oh, sugar plums, uh, Hamadou Diallo also being out. And then Daniil Gallinari missed this game as well, and that opened the door to rookie Darius Baisley getting a spot start. Baisley didn't do much in his action, but he did play 26 minutes, just 0 of 2 from the field, 7 rebounds, 1 block. When Baisley's all said and done, he's going to be a versatile wing player, can play, he's probably going to be considered a combo forward, but he's also somebody who could end up being a point guard in, in the end. Uh, he's, he's a playmaker. I uh, still needs to work on developing a shot though.
0: The thunder with the win. Uh, that's their third in a row.
1: Nice. Yeah. They are in the playoffs right now. How crazy yeah, is that? This,
0: yeah. This would be the six and seven seeds um, playing each other. And apparently they're better than the Utah jazz. If we go off the tonight's decision, that's right. Not too, not too far off at least. So well,
1: and now the jazz here were without Mike Conley once again. So, um, that is obviously a, a, a big piece for them. Um, you know, I don't think anything too interesting to talk about from the Jazz side of things, to be completely honest. And then uh, the final game of the night that is done now is that Memphis Grizzlies game versus the Golden State Warriors. Snowy so can finish, kind of wrap up the John Morant conversation. He played 29 minutes, 8 of 14 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3.7 of 8 from the free throw line. That... Says so much about his potential going forward in the NBA. If John Morant is a legitimate good three-point shooter and can do it at volume, and a legitimate, and and I think if you've watched him play this season, you know he's gonna get to the he's gonna get to the line a lot with how physical of a game he plays going to the rack. Uh, Twenty-six points, two rebounds, seven assists, one steal. Wow, what a what a way to to come back into action for John. You know Morant. what he. You know what he might
0: be? He might be uh, I don't know. He has there's certain parts about him are remind me of Russell Westbrook in ways, but he's such a he takes up much better shots and he doesn't have like that crazy in him, and not, certainly not the rebounding, but still some of the rebounding. I mean, he like I said before on the show, he can be a 20, 10, and five guy, and I think he's just electric, man. He's so good watching him play in college just unbelievable he can three he can dunk he is smooth off the dribble I mean he's he does almost everything
1: you know what um I, I love comps I know a lot of people think comps are dumb um but i do i do like make I do like talking about comps and considering uh you know what player a, and other players like historically especially for young guys coming in just because it helps us understand or to describe what somebody is but Hearing about John Morant earlier this season, somebody said, "Look, John Morant's going to be remembered as John Morant. John Morant's going to be John Morant." So, and I think that's that's Westbrook. We don't talk about Westbrook and say he's like anybody else, you know?
0: Exactly. And that's that's what John Morant's going to. That's
1: what John Morant's like already being. That's what Zion is already being. These guys have that it factor with, with the way that they play the game, they perform, they are, it is entertainment and it is, and it's winning basketball too, which is just why it's all the more exciting. Absolutely.
0: A uh, pretty good night in the NBA overall.
1: Yeah. You know, I think looking at the schedule last night when we were kind of going through the games, I, I was kind of dreading the night thinking, Oh great. The,
0: the a bunch of bummers. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep, just a bunch of uh, bad matchups, but ultimately we had some some really nice games, some interesting yeah. lines, and just I mean that Nemanja a game winner. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Oh, it's a banger.
0: I and I mean I'm not a Kings fan, but I'm I guess I'm anti Rockets. I really, uh, really don't like Rockets fans on Twitter right now, no offense to our Rockets fans listeners, only the ones who are delusional about James Harden, it's not all of you, don't worry it's just just the James Hardons
1: wait a a, minute, what's your issue with James Harden here, because uh, I was actually going to uh, basketball with my brother tonight, and he was asking or no, maybe it was yesterday when he picked me up for dinner, but anyways, my brother's asking me about why you're so against James Harden, of late on Twitter so what's the issue, what don't you like about James Harden
0: (sighs) Oh my goodness, where do I begin? Um the way that he plays basketball puts the game into the referees' hands instead of the instead of the teams and players. It is up to them to decide basically how you're shaking your head no already.
1: Oh I'm sorry. I, I need to remember that you can see me.
0: Okay, good God. All right. So it's it's so many things. It is it's the way he is refereed. It's not just his fault, but it seems to me that he takes advantage of rules as opposed to playing the game to to be the best player. And each other is,
1: players have to follow him.
0: I they but he flops and he does all these things like tucking players' arms under his own and making it look like fouls or you someone grazing his beard and and falling down. There's all these things that are just so annoying. And it, it, he plays the game to get fouled instead of to, like, be a great player. I'd rather see him be a great player.
1: He did, like, historic stuff last season. Plus, he, he did win the MVP two years ago, right? He did. Um, Man, I, like, if you just want to say aesthetically, I do not enjoy his game as much as watching most other players in the NBA. Uh, Okay, it's a matter of opinion, but like to sit to sit and like try to say like he's I guess you're not like saying he's not a good player. You're just saying uh, it's I don't like I don't I don't like that you kind of put it in the in the context of like he's he's not
0: historic because I don't. He is historic. I'll give him that. He's dude. He's something special. We've never seen anything like him, but I just wish that he played to like make tough shots and then play defense right away instead of take these wild shots and kick his feet out. And he's a punk man. He's, he's punk. got
1: one of the most. I don't think he's a punk. I, um, He's got one of the most boring dominant games in the world. Like ever. He's and- dominant. He is. But, like, you know, his sidestep stuff is is dominant. And, and him going to the rack, again, he doesn't make other players follow him. They suck at playing basketball, and he coaxes them into it. So I guess I just have a hard time getting mad at James Harden for other players not knowing how to play defense against him. Like, if he's excelled playing the game to the point that he's, Using his advantage to gain an advantage to help win the game. Like, it's not like he's a player who plays on a poor team. He's the best player on a team that's been great for a long time. So um, he's probably better than Tim Duncan. If we're talking, if we're being honest, that's just wow. me throwing shade at one of our friends.
0: Yeah, no serious. kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, here a lot of my hate developed last year because of the, the Twitter rival, I guess, between Bucks fans and Rockets fans. Because it seemed like early <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, on, what a, a Twitter is,
1: rival between Bucks fans and Rockets fans
0: because of the MVP conversation oh, throughout gosh. the season last year. This that really it was huge. This is, I mean, this is this no, is and, and I want to hear about it if there's yeah. more, but. No, that this it, so that's really where it started. I just felt like a lot of Rockets fans were a little, a little uh, out of control with the, what they thought is of James Harden, but the way they would also talk about Giannis, it, it really bothered me, and I just didn't think that.
1: <sighs> I just um, don't think that. I think you're. It's that that. Uh, the Bucks that feeling of like you guys can't accept that you have the best player and you should just talk trash about James Harden and have no apologies about it either from the perspective that Giannis is obviously way better than James Harden overall. Like, James Harden is amazing,
0: but he's not Giannis. That's what I'm trying to say. Efficiency and defense matter, and that was a lot of my issues with what people were saying and why James Harden, just because of
1: what they do. James Harden gets a lot of steals, though. He blocks shots. He's like... he's considered a really good post defender, which sounds like a whatever, but you know, in a pinch, it matters.
0: He is an incredible player. He is maybe the best scorer of my lifetime, but I hate watching him play basketball and he is a villain and maybe the NBA is better for him because we need villains. So maybe it's a good thing. I just
1: think, People who don't have beards are jealous of James Harden because they want one and they ain't got one. Uh, uh, Anything else? Nope. Oh, should we look at tomorrow's games really quick? That's probably a thing we should do. Sounds good. Do do do. There's just four games on Tuesday. Um, All right, four games on Tuesday. Washington at Charlotte is the first one. Marvin Williams is doubtful. P.J. Washington is probable with his ankle issue. Isaiah Thomas and Jordan McCray are out for the Wizards. Hey, two crappy teams meeting up, so I'm I'm interested in that. And uh, as we were talking about before the show started, we both think that the Charlotte Hornets might be a trade destination for one of the more popular guys on the trade block right now.
0: I think Kevin Love would be very interesting on the Hornets. It it gives them a solid veteran, similar to why we think he would be a good fit with the Suns, but he also would give them purpose, something to play for with, uh, you know, hopefully getting into one of those final spots in the playoffs in the East. And I think that could be important for that young team. And he, once again, would get all the shots he could handle, I would guess.
1: Yeah, I think most importantly is, understanding the NBA that you have to match salaries for contracts is that, uh, the, the Charlotte Hornets have Nicholas Batum on a contract where he's got a player option for next year for 27 million. And Kevin Love has three more years on his deal, all guaranteed after this season. Uh, and, and the, the next two years are over 31 million. And then the final year is like 28 and a half. So, that kind of lines up with Nick Batum that there, you know, you wouldn't have to include much else in that deal just to say the, the Cleveland Cavaliers are getting off two extra years of, of contract from, from Kevin Love and the Charlotte Hornets are getting somebody added to the mix who they can potentially start at center with PJ Washington in just kind of a, a five out situation, or maybe they just, you know, throw the, throw their rookie PJ Washington back to the bench, which would obviously be, probably be what would what they would do if they got kevin love but with the with the charlotte hornets at least they're competing for a playoff spot right now they're not a contender like kevin love would want to go to but it's a team that makes sense in regards to the limitations of making a trade in the nba
0: that's fair yeah Uh, once again though that's one of our preferred destinations uh the
1: next game to talk about from tuesday's uh slate Denver Nuggets at the Philadelphia 76ers. Philadelphia is projected to win by four points in this game. Josh Richardson is questionable with his hamstring tightness. Josh Richardson did practice with a G League team this weekend, so maybe he's closer to probable, but it's hard to tell. I think they're taking it very much day by day with Richardson. Um, This should be a really good game, right? Uh, it'll. I mean, this is a potential finals matchup. Uh, as much as we might want to say that these guys aren't maybe the the favorites to make the finals, this this could be something if uh, if either team adds another piece to the mix or just gets uh get hot gets hot down the stretch or kind of finds their groove because the Sixers have tons of talent. They just need to to figure out how to play together uh in in, in a lot of varied situations.
0: Yeah, last week you and I talked about the tiers of teams and how it's really Clippers, Lakers, Bucks are in the top tier, and then who's in the next tier? Uh, to me, I think the Nuggets and Sixers are in that next tier.
1: Yep, so that that should be a nice game to check out. Uh, the next game on the slate: Atlanta at Miami. Trey Young is probable with well, he's not really probable. He got kneed in the face at the end of the previous game. Uh, had his lip busted open but he's supposed to be fine uh, wasn't even on the uh, injury report Alex Len is probable with an illness on the Miami side of things bam at a bio is questionable with his right grain ro- right groin contusion grain contusion I don't know people don't have grains uh... Dion Waiters is questionable due to illness. And then KZ Casey, Casey Akpala is also questionable with left Achilles strain. Justice Winslow and Goran Drogic remain out. So that should mean this will be should be a fun game for, for young shooters with Trey Young going up against Tyler Harrow and uh, Kendrick Nunn. So that, that'll
0: be a fun one. If I only had a grain... Yeah, that's good. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree with you. This is two of, some of the top young shooters. This is the game that I'm most excited about for tomorrow is Hawks and Heat, even though, as you said, Nugget Sixers also uh, obviously a more important game, most likely, when it's all said and done.
1: I mean, I think there's some decent storylines or narratives that you can find in a lot of these games, even with the final game of the night, New York at Portland Trailblazers. It's Mike Miller's second game as the head coach, the former G League coach for the Westchester Knicks. Um, Yeah, maybe they changed the lineup. The. The early reports are that the Knicks are not planning on changing the line, the starting lineup for this game, or at least not changing the starting lineup at point guard for this game or for the foreseeable future, which means that Frank Nilakina appears to be kind of locked in there. I just don't know how long that'll last or if that's lip service or, or what exactly that, that report uh, means going forward. And Mike Miller just took over the job. I'm sure he's still figuring out his team and is looking forward to trying to get a practice in at some point so he can uh, maybe make a change with the starting lineup. But um, again, another Carmelo game to continue to track to see whether or not he's going to meet our expectations, exceed them, or fail miserably.
0: Um, So anyways. There we have it, four games for you coming up Tuesday night. Uh, We appreciate you guys tuning in. Once again, I'm Anthony Denue. You can find me on Twitter at Anthony Denue. He is Kyle McEwen at NBA. if you want to check him out on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and uh, we'll see you again tomorrow.
1: Yeah, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever it is that you listen to it. It helps us out so much, especially on iTunes. Once we get to the front page there, then that's going to kind of open up the door to a lot more subscribers to us getting – uh, some sponsorships and to uh, maybe doing some other things to help expand the podcast. So thank you so much for everything you do, especially just listening and uh, you know, supporting us through, you know, being here. We love you.